Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to Are You For Real? My name's Tom, and with me, as always, is Grant. Greetings. So, we are on part two of our exploration of um, potential alien visitors to our planet. Uh, in this one, we're gonna dis- we're gonna explore um, three different races or potential races, I should say, of aliens that have come down and said hello in various ways. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I I figured when we're going through these, uh, I'm gonna start. Um, by first going through the different types of aliens listed on the MUFON page, and then we can, you know, discuss some other types that weren't included in MUFON's list, which, I mean, that list might be just as long here because there's, I mean, yeah, the, uh, the wormhole never ends. Here. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, they'd be coming here through a wormhole probably. Yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. Um, so, as I said before, MUFON, you know, it's uh, the Mutual UFO Network. And I figured that was the authority for, uh, you know, they got the best info and they got the facts there. And they declaratively listed those uh, those nine species. Um, you know, they don't really go into any detail in those two paragraphs about um, the species themselves. They just provide a list of the different types. And, and there's... The two paragraphs you're referring to were on the MUFON page? Yeah, the ones that I read... Uh, last week? Last week, yeah. Okay. So um, they bas- basically just declaratively say, like, based on account... I, don't, I forget how they said it, but, you know, um, here's the nine species that are visiting the Earth, basically. Um, now, fortunately, there's many websites available online that list different species of aliens, although most don't really source where exactly their information comes from either. Um, so we'll start. Well, okay. Yeah. So, um, in his 2016 article entitled five alien species who have definitely visited earth and are probably planning an invasion, David Ian McKendry of the 13th floor TV writes, quote, when you look up to the night sky, do you get the feeling that we are not alone in the universe? Of course you do. The universe is too darn big to believe that we're the only ones who live and work here. Uh, Except he doesn't use the word darn. He uses a... Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, an adult word. Sheesh. We won't be repeating that. Right. No. Uh, Is that okay to say, or is that going to make us... Okay, okay. Back to the quote. Anyway, sorry. There are kids listening to this. Right. Um, So, quote, since the beginning of recorded history, people have claimed to have seen visitors from other planets. Some people think we should reverse... Revere aliens as gods, and others believe they are trying to take our entire planet down in a fiery intergalactic war. Oddly enough, over time, people began to agree about what types of aliens they saw, often swearing that there are very specific races of aliens that visit us repeatedly, all with different goals. So, here are five alien species that many alien enthusiasts claim have visited us repeatedly so much so that we learn their names and could even be living aside us on earth. End quote. I like this guy already. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, <laughs> he's an engaging writer. Um, so anyway, he mentions a couple of the ones on MUFON. Um, so his list of five, like I said, there's a lot of variety out there when people are listing the different types of extraterrestrials. Um, but let's, uh, 
yeah, let's move on. I don't know. I just thought that gave some background as to where this information is coming from. So it seems like a lot of it might be speculative, but I'm pretty sure a lot of it is speculative. Again, he's not he's not putting footnotes or uh, sources, listing sources or anything on here. David McKendry isn't anyway. But um, and what was the website this was for? Oh, that one was. Uh, I mean, all these links, as usual, are going to be in the show notes. But that's the Thirteenth Floor TV. Okay, I'm not familiar with that. Is that like a? And do you know if it's like a news organization or if it's like just a blogger? I, it, it might be like, an unsecured website, man. But okay. uh, I, I'm just wondering if it was like the Onion or something. If it's or no, if it's, I don't think it's that. I think it's like a paranormal website or blog or something like that. Yeah, I think he's he's a blogger. I don't I don't know. I don't even know what a blogger is. We really. <laughs> it <laughs> seems like a pretty it. nebulous term. Yeah. yeah. Basically, I looked up different types of extraterrestrials visiting Earth, and and he was one of the guys that popped up there. So cool. Um, so yeah, if you follow the links here, you're going to jump ahead of our episodes for sure, but you can, if you'd like, obviously the world's your oyster, baby. So, um, onto the first species listed by MUFON, the Andromedans and, uh, McKendry writes quote at a mere 2.2 million light years away, the Andromeda galaxy is our closest neighbor, far more advanced than we are. And with an average lifespan of 2000 years old. The Andromedans have been visiting our planet for quite a long time. Unlike most aliens, the Andromedans actually have compassion for humans and concern for our well-being. However, it is unclear to what length they will go in order to protect us from ourselves. End quote. Cool story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kim Jones of uh, proofofalien.com describes the Andromedans thusly, quote, You would mistake the Andromedan aliens to be humans as they look almost like humans, with the only difference being in their overall size. These aliens are bipedal energy beings who can read the minds of humans by means of telepathy. End quote. So they look like us? Um, yeah, except they're different size. And I, I assume this to mean that they're larger than us, but she just says being in their overall size, so the only difference being in their overall size. Like overall, they're like nine feet tall. <laughs> I don't uh not not too many more details than that. Um there was a picture of a big head. They look a, they look big, almost like us. A big head? Well, that, that that's a bad description on my part. Um, okay. Well, you can follow the link and see. It. I mean, it looks kind of like a it reminded me kind of like an Egyptian statue head kind of, but uh, I might be misremembering myself. But it looked pretty much human. But these are bipedal energy beings who can read the minds of humans by means of telepathy. So energy beings. Yeah. Okay. Well, the I guess I guess we're all energy condensed to a slow vibration. That's true. That's true. <laughs> the whole the whole universe is, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but the the last tidbit that I could find on the Andromedans is this brief but interesting snippet from thewatcherfiles.com. Quote: The Andromedan Council has ordered all extraterrestrial presences on the planet in the planet and on the moon to be completely out of our space they want everything that's et benevolent or not off the planet this will be very interesting since there are over 1833 reptilians living in our planet and over 18,000 grays living underground and on the moon the council would like to see how we all or how we will live with each other when we are not being manipulated by ets as we have been for the last 5723 years end quote um, 
Well, I'm gobsmacked right now. That's a lot to unpack. Well, that's my next point. What, yeah, what do you think of the Andromedans and the Andromedan Council? <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to know, first and foremost, is the Andromedan Council elected, or are they just self-appointed? Is it like... Uh, you know, none of these things really go into their systems of government that much. I would just like to know how where this... Well, I don't know. I don't know how seriously I take these. Uh, <laughs> I don't take it seriously at all, but I still kind of yeah. want to, you know, let, let, let's unpack this here. Uh, so the Andromedans, their council has said, hey, we like there shouldn't be any E.T. on Earth. We got to let these humans do their own thing. But there's a bunch of reptilians here and there's a bunch of greys that live underground. Right. According to the Andromedans. No, that's just according to the watcherfiles.com, I think. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was just listed under the Andromeda Council. Um, so it seems like they're pretty old. I don't know. They're like the world police. Well, I, I guess uh, Andromeda would be a, a, a reasonably likely place, seeing given its relative proximity to Earth. But, I mean, just because you say something doesn't make it so, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I could keep hammering this on the head, but I wish they would say where this information comes from. Um, I've never even heard of the Andromedans before, really. So, by Andromeda, I can't really... Uh... Well, if they're like us in relative size, uh, I guess... that I just watched the Twilight Zone episode, uh, To Serve Mankind... Not too long ago. Oh, really? I've never that? seen that. No, it's I've just really seen the good. Treehouse of Horrors by The Simpsons. Oh, but. God, it's really good. It's really good. Uh, it, it's in, a classic. It is. It's a classic in like a cheese ball way, but it's also kind of freaky if you think about it. Like it's it's really good, man. But I, anyway, long story short, the the uh, the aliens in that are um, they look like gigantic humans basically except for they're bald and they have like super dark circles under their eyes and they um oh like me <laughs> minus the baldness <laughs> it's like a combination of you and me basically <laughs> okay i got the bald you the you got the dark circles kind of i guess in this no I, I don't know well maybe i do yeah but anyway depends yeah. on how much sleep i've had i guess shout out to the twilight zone yeah i need to well, it's pretty old and it kind of seems hokey now, I guess, but it's a great show. Huh? Oh, it is, man. Rod Serling is a uh, an amazing writer. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, well, that's the Andromedans there. Okay. Um, that what's what's also curious to me is the energy beings thing. Yeah. I wish I knew more about what that meant because that to me implies that they're like they don't have a physical body or something. Yeah, but they're bipedal energy beings. Yeah. yeah. Bipedal energy beings. Right. Well, maybe they're. What does that mean? Maybe they're energy beings that make them that look almost like humans, with the only difference being in their overall size. Well, dude, my my overall size. Their Oshkoshes are. Yeah, I haven't worn. I haven't worn overalls in God since I was a little kid. So. Well, they would wear a different size than you, apparently. Yeah. Boom! Boom! Um. So, yeah, so the next group uh, from the MUFON, I think we covered the Andromedans there. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, do It seems like these different descriptions, do they even really matched out, match up? Or, <laughs> or are they just 
pulling this out of thin air or what? I mean, what's going on here? What do you mean? Well, these are three different sources that I just sourced about Andromeda. One of them talks about their where they're from. They're 2,000 years old and they're benevolent. I guess that it kind of agrees with the Andromedan Council and how they, they don't want other the reptilians or, or the greys to be uh, messing with us. Hmm. Well, I don't want to be messed with, so I guess I'll, I'll side with the Andromedans. If, if I have to side with either the Andromedans, the reptilians, or the greys, uh, yeah, back <laughs> off, man. <laughs> back off, E.T. Um, okay, so the next group from the MUFON page is the, uh, the Flatwoods Monster. And uh, it didn't appear on any of the, the lists that I was looking at. So I had to look it up individually. So here's the details, the basic details from Wikipedia. Are you familiar with the Flatwoods Monster at all? Or? I am not. Okay. I don't, well, I, I might have heard heard about it and not known that's what it's called, but well, enlighten me. Okay. Well, uh, quote, the flat, Flatwoods Monster, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read basically, you know, like Wikipedia, the, the brief description in the front and then a little bit of the more detailed explanation of what happened. Sounds good. Uh, so yeah, for the summary, it's a quote, the Flatwoods monster, also known as the Braxton County monster or phantom of Flatwoods in West Virginia folklore is an entity reported to have been sighted in the town of Flatwoods in Braxton County, West Virginia, United States on September 12th, 1952. Again, that year, uh, following the appearance of a bright object crossing the night sky. Nearly 50 years later, investigators concluded that the light was a meteor and the creature was a barn owl perched in a tree, with shadows making it appear to be a large humanoid. So that's, uh, end quote, that's, you know, that's the, the summary there. Uh, quote, at 7.15 p.m. on September 12, 1952, two brothers, Edward and Fred May, and their friend Tommy Heyer said that they saw a bright object cross the sky and land on the property of local farmer G. Bailey Fisher. The boys went to the home of Kathleen May, where they told their story. May, accompanied by the three boys, local children Neil Nunley and Ronnie Shaver, and West Virginia National Guardsman Eugene Lemon, went to the Fisher farm in an effort to locate whatever it was that the boys said they had seen. The group reached the top of a hill where Nunley said they saw a pulsing red light. Lemon said the, he aimed a flashlight in that direction and momentarily saw a tall, quote, man-like figure with a round red face surrounded by a pointed hood-like shape. Wow. Yeah. A round red face? Yeah. This is probably just a West Virginia drunk, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, descriptions varied. This is still quoting from the, uh, the article or Wikipedia, D descriptions varied. In an article for Fate magazine based on his tape-recorded interviews, UFO writer Gary Barker described the figure as approximately 10 feet tall with a round blood-red face, a large pointed hood-like shape around the face, eye-like shapes which emitted greenish-orange light, and a dark black or green body. Kathleen May described the figure as having small claw-like hands, clothing like folds and a head that resembled the ace of spades <laughs> <laughs> like lenny lemmy like or lemmy, lemmy. Kill myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, according to the story when the figure made a hissing sound and glided toward the group lemon screamed and dropped his flashlight causing the group to run away <laughs> end quote so that description 
after I read that it was an owl, determined to be an owl later, it sounds pretty owl-like, I would say. Or like a creepy alien. <laughs> it could either be owl or creepy alien. I'm going to go owl on this one. And it's funny because we were talking about this last episode about 1952 and, and how there was some UFO histor- hysteria at the time. Yeah, there was. There, we mentioned cults formed uh, and there are... Um, like it just became part of pop culture. Right. So I think this is another one of those, given the year, especially these boys, have anything, UFOs on their brains, anything, uh, media related, anything, um, having to do with any kind of astronomical phenomena, I'm sure would be right. You see a fireball in the sky. You assume it's a flying saucer or something. <laughs> yeah. Or just a shooting star and then, you know, get your mind going and then, hmm. If you're out in the in the West Virginia woods, I'm sure there's all sorts of creepiness that happens out there anyway. But um, you would think they would also be used to seeing like shooting stars and stuff. Maybe it was a really big one or something, but yeah. I don't know. I hate to just dismiss what they saw, but it sounds like they're a bunch of boys too <laughs> and then they got freaked out by an owl. Yeah. Um So I I guess it was a big news story at the time and they're still selling uh, flatwood monster stuff to tourists in the area, you know, so it's kind of like, I don't know, like the, the mascot of the town or whatever, you know, so it was probably, it, you know, it probably was in all the newspapers and you read that in the news that like they encountered some creature after seeing a craft land. Um, I could see how that would kind of snowball in society. Yeah. And you can turn it into some money too. I mean, right, right. Yeah. Um, I, th- I was wondering, there was a story now, do you, um, do you lend any credibility that it might they might have just seen a crazy creature that hissed and glided towards them and they just ran off? <laughs> I'm sure they, they were freaked out. But <laughs> Maybe I, if they saw it standing next to a craft or something. They saw a blinking light. People were, yeah, I don't know what the definition for the blinking red light would be, like um, a pulsing. Uh, I mean, if it was a meteor and it crashed there, I mean, it could just be, you know, hot meteor rock. That's true. Or a fire. Well, that's pretty incredible to see on its own. Yeah. Um, I guess there was like theorizing in the in the Wikipedia article that it might be like a, a transponder that was dropped by a plane or something. Um, maybe that's what they saw go down, you know, and then they got freaked out by an owl. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm sorry. Combination of the two. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I hate to just jump on like, yeah, it's an owl because now I feel like one of those skeptics, you know, they saw... Actually, I like that. I kind of like that if it was a transponder dropped from something or maybe even like a secret military thing or something like that. And they just like, what was that? You know? And so they were already creeped out. I'm sure you go out there like something, if there's something weird and you're already on the verge of being creeped out and then I'm sure any kind of like weird noise or any kind of movement is going to freak you out and your your imagination is just going to go like mental. So, right. And they, they, you know, I said uh, clothing like folds, but I believe it was yeah, a green body with clothing like folds. So he, he theorized like it was an owl sitting on a branch with like a bush underneath or something like that, you know. Um, but then again, I think these people that lived in the area and are native to it, they they might be able to recognize an owl if they saw one. But maybe with well, the I'd like going, to think so. But given the circumstances of it, of something, some weird phenomena already happening, I'm sure like. Could have been a bear. Could have been anything, man. Like True. could have been a large raccoon. Uh, but what I was going to ask you is, uh-huh. um, I remember uh, reading um, in a UFO book about um, some aliens that supposedly terrorized a family and kept like popping up 
like in their windows and like this guy had a shotgun and he was like trying to shoot the aliens away and was it Stan Romanek or uh, no it wasn't it wasn't Stanley <laughs> oh, Tiger I, I know who you're talking I think that might be I haven't gotten to him yet but that might be the Hopskin, Hopskin, Hopkinsville Goblins, Goblins. Okay. yeah good I'm so glad I'm so glad you found that one man because that was one that uh, I actually heard about this story recently on a podcast and it's it's kind of like this one where you just picture you know, some old timey folks out in the woods, full, kinda, of, full of moonshine. Yeah. Um, well, I just, I mean, I just picture people, you know, unloading rounds on aliens and <laughs> that right. immediately piques my interest. But anyway, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves there. Yeah. If that's, if but that's, I, I think it was speculation that those were owls as well. Right. Um, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, that was what was in the podcast I heard, but yeah, we'll, we'll be covering that one. If that is the same story there. Um, is that, are we going to cover that in this episode or no, no, we're going to, we're going to do that one in a future episode. Okay. Um, but I wanted to see here. So yeah, they had a national guardsman with them though. So I is mean, that the guy that screamed and dropped his flashlight? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> He's an extremely well-trained national guardsman. Yeah. <laughs> if he screams and drops his flashlight at the sight of a, if you see I, okay. a boogeyman pop up in front that's of you, true. I mean, who that's knows true. what he actually saw. And it's going, <laughs> right, <laughs> with the little claw-like hands, <laughs> little like T-Rex hands. Or... And a head like Lemmy, the ace of spades. <laughs> um, so to me, it seems kind of odd that this creature would make the MUFON list based off of this one story. Yeah. And they specifically say it's the Flatwoods monster, you know, so they're like, well, Check so that one off. That's one of the creatures visiting us is this monster that one person saw that for a hisses. second. Yeah. Okay. That seems um, like a very... Um, I guess they think it's a pretty credible story from all their investigation, but... <laughs> just this screaming flashlight driver. That's something that I would do. I don't, <laughs> right. I don't, I don't, and I'm not an outdoorsy dude. I mean, I would definitely do that. Right. Uh, I don't expect a National Guardsman to do that, but hey that well he probably wasn't expecting anything and got pretty startled yeah um <laughs> the kids are like uh aren't you supposed to be the adult in this situation <laughs> well um let's see here um so now the next species is the first of what i like to think of as the uh the big three of alien races Ooh. Um, they're the ones that show up in all of the lists pretty much. And these guys are probably the most popular and well-known the grays. Ooh. Um, so as ancient code, ancient hyphen code.com puts it quote, these beings are perhaps the most famous of all the alien races. The grays are believed to be beings with large heads, almond shaped eyes and smaller bodies. They come from the constellation Orion and the star system Zeta Reticuli. According to ufologists and researchers, their population is, is, their population is in fact very small and they have numerous clones among them. They do not have souls as humans and behave as robots. The greys are the ones responsible for the majority of abductions on our planet. The greys are sometimes believed to serve the reptilians. According to some, a secret pact was made in the 50s between our government and these aliens. We received highly advanced alien technology while they got the green light to abduct people and perform human experiments, end quote. Could we really stop them, though? 
I mean, no. do we have to give them a green light? If they're that advanced, they could just do it anyway. Why do they need a treaty? Well, they don't want to be prosecuted or anything. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, I remember the first time I saw Well, if we're shooting down things at Roswell or whatever, who knows? Well, I uh, the first time I saw a picture of a gray was on Whitley Stryber's book entitled Communion. Right. And it scared me, like well, terrified me. I can still picture it in my mind right now. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, David Ian McKendry, who we heard from earlier, he gives a little more background. Uh, quote, the most famous of our alien visitors, the Greys, make up 43% of all reported alien interactions. These short and sexless beings are almost always naked with big heads and large black eyes. They were first documented in H.G. Wells' 1983 article, Man of the Year Million. H.G. went on to describe the Morlocks from his uh, 1895 novel, The Time Machine, in a similar fashion. Did you say 1983 article? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh, I may have, but I meant 1893. Okay, I was going to say, I don't think H.G. Wells was around in 1983. <laughs> uh, his posthumous article. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, 1893 article, Man of the Year Million. Um, so Greys made their way into mainstream culture after they appeared in the 1987 Whitley Strieber novel, Communion, the author's personal account of his own encounters with the Greys, end quote. Okay. Yeah. That's the first... Okay, well, sweet. I was... So I was... Jeez, I would have been, it was a paperback copy, so it probably would have been 1988-ish, I'd wow, say. you were early on uh, So um, I would have been six, seven, around there, and I, I saw that, and it was it was horror at first sight. Right. Um, I think, when did Close Encounters come out? Probably around that time, too, huh? Maybe a little earlier. I think earlier it was early, even. Close Encounters yeah. was early 80s. But those aren't strictly grays, right? They're just no, like little no, those are childlike like, looking things or something. Yeah, they're like, I think, and they're super benevolent, the ones in Close Encounters. Oh, anyway, yeah. The grays, I think, um, are not I would not say benevolent. If they are, uh, at best... Um, ambivalent? Yes, ambivalent or just kind Merciless, of... Merciless, though. Yeah, at worst, they're malevolent. Right, Um yeah, what happens in the Whitley Strieber one? Is he just kind of tortured by him or just a, a bunch well, of high strangeness events? Or No, he's actually, he's tortured. Uh, he is um, experimented on. He's probed all of the horrible stuff um, that you can think of in UFO lore happens to him. There's actually, they made a movie uh, version of it with, um, I think, Christopher Walken's in it. Yeah, I need to see that movie. Yeah, it's not, it's, I remember being nonplussed by it, but. Um, oh, really? The, but I read the book, and the book was uh, was horrifying. Well, um, Adriana John of WondersList.com adds, quote, The Greys come from a star system known as Zeta Reticuli, which is a star system located somewhere in the southern celestial hemisphere and are thought to be one of the alien races in contact with Earth. At a little over 40 light years away, they're practically our closest neighbors, the type of neighbors that you conveniently forget to invite over for a dinner party. Yeah. If we had to pick out one particular race in the cosmos and call them the bad guys, it would definitely be these guys. Tall and humanoid with a long head and distinctive gray features, they are the most commonly depicted alien life form in our media and are also also the beings that are most commonly described by alien abductees who have been returned back to earth. Did you say tall? Yeah. I, okay. I, I, I don't typically associate 
grays right. with being tall. Well, we'll get into that in a bit too. But uh, okay, the grays have the greatest tendency to be involved in abductions because they they like to stockpile humans. They think of Earth the way that you would would of a chicken farm, just brimming with genetic material that they can't wait to get their hands on. They come to Earth to pick up a juicy selection and take it home to do Cosmos only knows what. On the off chance that they're not happy with their selection, they bring it back and choose another. End quote. Hmm. <laughs> That's something that makes you go, hmm. Cosmos only knows where I'd be without you, Grant. Right. <laughs> yeah, I like I like Adriana Jones John's uh, writing style here. We're gonna have to come back to that. Um Yeah, I don't get uh um conveniently forgetting to to invite them over for a dinner party. Maybe was she upset about something when she wrote this or <laughs> I, I, I'm sure it was tongue in cheek, man. Yeah. Yeah. Know. But I, yeah, I've never heard of a, uh, a story in which the grays are portrayed as, uh, caring or helpful or, uh, anything like that. They're right. always very, um, robotic. Right. Um, uh, with the exception of the, um, the fire in the sky movie in which they're depicted as kind of like, how would I describe it? Dirty almost. Right. Like right. in the movie, like the, the some f- dirty old men The yeah. In the, in the fire in the sky movie, the spaceship is like, is depicted as really filthy and almost like run down. Right. Um, but with the exception of that movie, they're usually de- uh, described and depicted as like sterile, and um just totally um completely uncaring and with whatever mission they have uh they just carry it out yeah i mean again it's like the analogy of of humans picking up a sample from the plains of africa or the rainforest like grabbing a monkey and doing their experiments on or a lab rat or something like that like Mm-hmm. Not too much concern for the subject of the experiment, you know? Yeah. Um, Seems like they wouldn't need that many, though. I mean, because if if you think about the technology that it would take to get here from wherever, it would have to be extremely advanced technology. So they would be able to, with a fairly small sample size, learn all they needed to know about the humans. They'd yeah, already, they would already have an understanding of DNA. I mean, they would have... Uh, they could figure it out easily just by taking some of our blood. They could figure out our reproductive systems uh, relatively easily. Well, there's uh, only so much you can learn by sticking stuff up people's butts, though. Yeah. Or <laughs> <laughs> doing a probe, I mean. But uh, um, no, I don't know. Yeah, it, I know what you're saying, though. I mean, obviously, the grays are are one of the more the common ones. Like if you're trying to find a pattern, zeta reticulans. Uh, I mean, if you take Bob Lazar seriously, those are the ones that they're working with. That's mm-hmm. obviously a Zeta reticulant craft. Um, well, let's go. Let's go in a little more inf- information on them and see why they need to do this stuff. Yes, you know. Um. So the you know the the sites that I just read from don't explain that there seems to be two different classes of grays: the the grays and the tall grays. Have you have you oh. ever heard of that? The tall grays. Can't say that I have, man. Okay, well, uh, soulspotty.com explains the tall grays like this. Quote, these aliens, uh, excuse me, these aliens stand about seven or eight feet tall, 
are completely hairless and very pale. The Grey Masters work as ambassadors pretty much for meetings between human and alien forces of all sorts. They represent human and gray biological material combined, which helps them to assist the short grays with their interaction with humans. The species performs many different kinds of genetic experiments. They have even succeeded in creating a hybrid human-gray race. This was done through an agreement with the shadow government they represent, which is claimed to be originated from a star in their Orion constellation system. These tall grays oversee all human experiments and abductions, but prefer to allow their minions, the short grays, to actually perform these experiments. They are very interested in working hard to stabilize their human-gray hybrid race, a race that will be worthy of inheriting the Earth. The tall grays are very advanced, self-centered, and place very little value on human life. To them, we are considered nothing but property, end quote. Yeah, I, um, I've heard about that hybrid Right. Um, what was that? Positive. There's a book called Intruders. Intruders. Is by, that the... Uh, that's the one that Bud Hopkins wrote. Okay. Uh, that's one that I read. There's a picture of a gray on there as well. Um, I think that was one of the first books I read when I was when I was living with you, actually, when I was rooming with you. Yeah. And there's a woman. Her name is Kathy in the right. book. Uh, I don't think that's her real name, but I think she has actually since come out uh, and introduced who she actually is. Um, we should look into that for a future episode, too. But I remember her saying that, uh, you know, they took um, some eggs from her. I don't know if they took her entire, uh, all of her ovaries or what, but right. um, she ended up being introduced to her child. Right, right. Um, and uh, this and is all through hypnosis that she remembers? This is this, all through or? hypnotic. Yeah, it's all hypnotic regression as far as I, as far as I remember from the book. Right. But, uh, that's another book that had a lasting impression on me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think that one's by Bud Hopkins. I mean, these books and communion too. Did did he have to be hypnotized to remember that stuff, or because it seems like that's where been, a lot of this lore comes from? Is these books? You yeah, know? it's been so long since um, since I've read Communion, and it's it's been I read Intruders more recently. But there's either hypnosis involved, or there's some kind of trauma, like a a blow to the head, or something that just like jars memories loose in people. Okay. Uh, with abduction scenarios because for uh, for whatever reason, the greys don't care too much about hurting us. I mean, it seems like they, they're, they, they're, they'll do whatever they want with us, but they yeah. at least have the courtesy to try and erase our memories of the, of the incident. Yeah, because you know, that is an interesting point, you know, because they're... If they don't care... Um, unless it's just people being traumatized and blocking it out of their memory, but it seems like... It's caused because it happens every time. Yeah, much, it seems like know? there's a deliberate memory erase that happens, at least uh, as far as I can tell, uh, because um, people who experience missing time from the greys uh, tend to go, oh, wow, my radio is acting weird. And then just, boom, forget something. Well, it's and like then, what we were discussing that one time where um, apparently the Native Americans, when they saw the the uh, conquistadors coming in their ships or whatever, and they just they couldn't couldn't process they it. Couldn't. Maybe maybe they were just walking along the beach, and the next thing they know, they're just like, well, I don't know. I'm being a little ridiculous, but uh, <laughs> next thing they know, they're just like standing there looking at the water or something. Well, if I saw something that was outside my realm of comprehension right now, I don't think that I would not be able to physically see it. I think well, what if you were so terrified? Well, that's another that's that's a different story. But yeah, um, I don't know. Like if something like just reached out of the heavens. Like there's a giant hand that like 
flipped me off or something like that. Right. It would be terrifying, but I think I'd still be able to see it and perceive it. And uh, I don't think I would have an immediate memory erased just as a ba- just upon the basis of that. Yeah, I mean, I always took the the time lap or t- loss of time or uh, having to regress yourself in hypnosis to remember anything as kind of a something done by technology or by the aliens, kind yeah. of a men in black situation right. for the movie or whatever. Right. Um, which could be an act of kindness, really, you know, unless you're just trying to cover your tracks. But a big part of the intruders. Um, book was Kathy's hypnotic regressions with, with Bud Hopkins. And I think John Mack might be in it as well. I mean, if we could do that to chimps that we were picking up and then releasing back to the wild, if we had a way to just, Hey, let's just make it so they don't remember this and they just act normal when they go back. We, we might do it, you know? Yeah. It's kind of prime directive in a way. Yeah. Um, so let me uh, me take a break and, uh, and grab a drink here. Sure. I mean, we'll be right back listener in one second. And now we're back. We are. <laughs> um, so. Yeah. So um, now this uh, alien UFO research.com alien dash UFO dash research.com goes into much more analysis of the different types of grays and their agendas. Okay. Uh Quote, the greys are probably the most known alien species because they not only come to Earth in our solar system often, but abduct people and let them go, leaving many witnesses to attribute to what they look like and their agenda is here on Earth. Or uh, what their agenda is here on Earth. When people ask, what do aliens look like? The greys are the usual description they get. There are two different types of greys that visit Earth. The first seem to be the leaders and the most intelligent of the two. They are approximately five to eight feet tall, have large heads, large dark eyes, long skinny fingers, arms, and legs, legs, uh, have a small mouth, small ear holes, and have been reported to have two small nostrils. They're hairless and seem to communicate through some kind of telepathy with each other, as well as humans. Okay. Sounds about right. Yeah. <clears throat> we got into telepathy a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Um... The second are worker greys that have been cloned to do the bidding of the larger greys. Well, this has been cloned to the bidding of their larger greys. Um, they are much smaller than the other greys at around 3.5 to 4.5 feet tall, stubbier fingers, arms, and legs, but are similar in other ways. Same shaped head, eyes, ear holes, and small holes for nostrils. They don't seem to, seem to be as intelligent as the taller greys and do much of the grunt work during probing and abductions while the taller greys work on more scientific areas like collecting sperm and egg samples and working on genetic materials. Hmm. Um, I like how they do the grunt work (laughs) during probing and abduction. Alien (laughs) grunt work. That's a good name for a band, I suppose. Alien grunt work. Um, but Well, I like how they go out on probing missions. How... Okay, so this alien, what's it called? Alienresearch.com? Uh, yeah, alienuforesearch.com. Alienuforesearch.com. I wonder how they, how they <clears throat> got that information about them being cloned. Um, Did they get into that? No. Okay. I wonder if one of the aliens confided into an abductee. They're like, hey, man, I'm a clone. I don't like it up here. You got to get me well, out. Well, 
I think a lot of times they do kind of explain that, right? Like, um, they I, explain that they're a clone. Oh yeah. I've never heard that. <laughs> I, uh, even in that book that we were just talking about with Kathy or whatever, I don't remember them saying that, okay. that they were clones. I, they could have, I guess it's been so long since I've read it, but, um, I don't remember that. I remember the grays telling her very little. All they said was like, I don't even know if they explained that it was her daughter. Or a, a, that's a true. Hybrid. That's true. Yeah. I think they might have just shown her this thing that was like half human, half alien, and said, and didn't even say anything. Huh. But well, yeah, um, these guys don't disclose their sources here. I mean, if I were a clone, I'd, <laughs> and I knew I was a clone, and I was just doing alien grunt work, I would totally be like, "Hey, human, I know you're not going to be able to help me here, but I'm a clone. I need out. Help. <laughs> Give me help." <laughs> um. Other alien researchers have assumed that there may be other types of greys out there with many names. Uh, Much like there are different races of humans, there are different races of aliens, such as the Bellatrax greys, Zeta Reticuli, grey type C, and more. As to date, though, these are the two types we can determine as true. Hmm. Yeah. Are there different races of humans? I thought. That <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know who's writing this exactly, but uh, yeah, I think I think we're all Homo sapiens here. But I mean, are they? Are they no, I think about, there's different races. There's not are different they species. About, are or anything, they talking about right? like ethnicity? Is that or skin color? Is that what they're I think talking so, about? So yeah. Okay. Well, racial profi- profiling, right? Like race isn't is. Uh, are you a human race? Yeah, I guess you're right. Huh? Am I the white race? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> I mean, racial stereotyping, is that a thing, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. I, I guess it just refers to culture, different cultures and everything. But So they're culturally different aliens? I've never heard of the Bellatrax greys. Are those like the rich ones or something? Or? How do you spell that? Uh, B-E-L-L-A-T-R-A-X. Hmm. Beja tracks? No. Never. Never heard of them. Uh, there's uh, Bellatrix Lestrange from Harry Potter. Yeah, I think that's what I was. Why I was yeah. thinking of that. She's yeah. like a snobby girl, right? No. Oh, she's just like a weirdo. She's a Death Eater. That's pretty weird. Yeah. Um. Well, many people have asked asked why aliens visit Earth and why they abduct people. Well, there are a few different theories as to why they're in our solar system. The greys come from the Zeta Reticuli 1 and 2, a binary star system visible from the southern hemisphere approximately 30 light years, I'm sorry, 38 light years away. The star system consists of two stars, one slightly smaller than our own sun in the Milky Way and the other almost the same mass as our sun. Both stars are much older than our own sun at about 8 billion years old and dying while our sun is in its middle age at 4.5 billion years old. Many people such as Betty and Barney Hill can confirm this is their home world as the aliens during the abduction showed her and she drew a map afterwards, which surprisingly was a real star system. Oh. Yeah, we're going to have to get into them eventually. Yeah, um, we'll I feel the- like every UFO podcast covers them, but uh, it's a it's a pretty cr- incredible story. Yeah. Um, with the Greys' sun dying and the resources on their planet depleted, they have moved on looking at other planets to inhabit. Whether or not all the Greys have left is unclear. 
The greys have also been cloning themselves for generations, which has damaged the genetic makeup of the DNA, their DNA. To fix the DNA issues, they have been doing experiments on humans by trying to fill uh, in the gaps of the damaged DNA with healthy human DNA. This is one of the reasons they abduct humans and do experiments on them. Many people who have been abducted have reported having sperm taken from them as well as eggs from women. It's believed that they have thousands of alien-human hybrids from these abductions that they watch closely to see if they have succeeded in their mission of fixing their dying race. Hmm. I, I remember Kathy in that book. What was it called again? The book? Uh, the one we were just talking about? Yeah. Intruders. Intruders. Um, I remember them telling her that they they lacked emotion. They had like, they no longer felt emotion or something like that. And, and that's they, why they were they, interested in the humans. They wanted to feel emotion again. Right. Oh man. I'm and they needed compassion or something. God, like I got to reread that book. I mean, I could be misremembering. It was a while ago that I read it, but anyone out there, please leave us some comments about, uh, intruders. If you've read it. Um, that's actually a really interesting, um, not too far fetched scenario in terms of a star dying. Like if, if, yeah, you know, we have, a, we have a reasonable idea, um, about how much longer our sun is going to last. And, um, I couldn't tell you the exact number personally, but if humans, uh, live to be, you know, if we're, if the human, if homo sapiens are still around at that point, um, we're going to have to look elsewhere too. <laughs> yep. So I guess that that scenario, I guess, isn't inherently, uh, flawed, uh, it's just a matter of whether you believe um, whether there are actual greys coming here. To it, is there any is there any reason why they've resorted to cloning themselves as opposed to just you know did they give any reason as to why they just well, <laughs> started cloning themselves as opposed to reproducing however they reproduced before? Well, let's keep reading here. Um, So they have also had contact with high government officials in the past and present, some good and some bad, such as what went down in Roswell in Area 51. When we went to the moon, the aliens basically chased us off and told us not to return because they have bases on the moon where they do experiments and use as a jump-off place when coming and going to Earth. They have been controlling civilizations for centuries by acting as gods, giving out technology, and using plain old fear. Some say they even grow humans that can be controlled and place them in high offices to help keep us obedient. Some alien researchers have theorized that the greys aren't from outer space at all and may simply be humans from the future that use time travel to visit, when you, which could explain a lot if you think about it. Take the basic look of the greys to start with. They look very similar to humans, but more advanced. Their heads are larger <laughs> because... <laughs> It's true. They're more advanced, right? They look more advanced. I, they like in appearance. I don't know. They're gray, and they've got big eyes. Okay. Well, they give that they, means they're more advanced. They give some bullet points why they say this. So their heads are larger because of the increased size of the brain. They have grown taller and thinner over time, just as we have over time. Uh, well, taller and thinner. 
I think I can speak for most Americans when I say on the whole, we're not getting thinner. <laughs> well, I think they mean uh, like evolution wise. So if you compare us to hominids or something. Okay. Well, we're not stooped. Primitive. We're not stooped over and we're not knuckle. Hey. We're not knuckle draggers anymore. There you go. We're probably not as strong either. Right? No, not at all. Um, their fingers are more slender and longer because of less physical labor and more use with computers and robotics. They have larger, darker eyes from being exposed to sunlight remarkably less than we are normally used to and the use of computing equipment. So mm. I think that means they're indoors on their couch all day. Okay. Playing video they're games. They're just playing Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> but then they don't have big bellies from Doritos and Mountain Dew. So In California. Um, yeah. Yeah. California burritos, man. That's the culprit. Now, a smaller mouth from not needing to speak because of the use of telepathy and moving from eating meat to smaller, easier, digestible, digestible, quote-unquote, fuel. Hmm. Oh, there's the, the Mountain Dew, I guess. <laughs> um, no, That's right. If they just have, I've, I've heard them described as having just slits for mouths so right. they could just slide the Doritos right in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. It's a vestigial organ almost. Um, no ears for the similar reasons of not needing to use the use of hearing as much. Uh, the skin of the aliens is a gray from the mixing of races on earth, turning it into a plain gray mix. Okay. It makes sense, I guess, like way in the future when all people so, of all different skin colors eventually turn yeah. gray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, is, it, is that what's going to happen though? Is, is gray like the, the inevitable result of that? I think so. Gray is the color? If you think about it. I'm thinking about it, and I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, would, it makes sense it's not like blue or something, but I guess gray. I would think more like, I think just brown. It seems like brown would be. Uh, well, you make a compelling point there. I don't know. That's just. I'm not sure this theory really holds that much water, but for these reasons, you know, they, they think they're more advanced. Um, no, I could, I could see it, I guess. But, uh, what if, what if we were driven underground, you know, then we'd turn gray, gray worm. Ooh. Okay. Now we're talking now because if we destroy our environment so much that, Hey, I'm not making this political here, but the environment is not political. (laughs) For some reason, (laughs) it could be nuclear war or something to escape radiation. Yeah. Um, yeah. If we had to burrow underground like Morlocks or whatever, then right. I guess, wouldn't we become like translucent then? Maybe. Because I think a lot of like sea creatures that don't have any light, uh, a lot of the fish down there are pretty much like transparent. Yeah, that's true. And right. all, and you can actually see like, sir, have you seen those pictures of fish where you can see their brains? You should look that up. Yeah, um, I don't know. There are some deep, deep oh, sea, the sea creatures that are deep clear, sea yeah. creatures that are clear because they don't they they literally have no interaction with the sun. They never will. I was thinking more like those. Uh, what was that on? Um, like kind of cave creatures, you know, they're kind of gray, I think. Cave creatures, Morlocks, cave creatures. <laughs> um, no, like the Planet Earth documentary. There's one on caves, right? Where there's like a. I think it was like a, a newt or something that never really sees the sun. But now I'm thinking it might be clear or something. Anyway, I don't know. Obviously, I don't really know what I'm talking about. But uh, I don't know. I could see gray, uh, like mole rats or something, you know. 
I mean, admittedly, fish, clear fish, they're not mammals. Which, no. Which, True. well, I don't know if the greys would be, be considered mammals either. Yeah, so. I don't know. I don't know what they would be considered. I mean, if they evolved from us, then they would be mammals. Yeah, I don't um, know if they breastfeed. I mean, I, I, I don't, I've never heard of a female grey being described other than Kathy's kid. So, I don't know if they're mammalian. Yeah, I don't know if they're mammalian. Kathy's alien love child. <laughs> right. I wouldn't call it a product of love. No, not at all. Well, um, so so back to the article here. Quote: Other things to consider that can be argued, but are all still worth men- or, but are still worth mentioning are the gray aliens that visit us seem to have a great understanding of the different languages here on Earth. Do they learn this over time while studying us, or is it because it's part of their past? The gray spaceships, i.e. the flying saucers, haven't changed over time, which could be because they are all coming from the same point in the future, just visiting different times. Hmm. Well, I don't think the language thing holds much water. Um, Because language, I, I mean, language changes so much over time, even English, you know? I mean, the way we're speaking right now would almost be incomprehensible to someone from just like a few hundred years ago, like four or 500 years ago. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I don't buy the language thing. And, and we definitely couldn't talk to Neanderthals or anything, but they didn't write as much stuff down as we did. I don't think. Sorry. I had to let the cat in. He was screaming (laughs) outside the door. I don't know if that's being picked up on the mic, but uh, I got one very angry cat here. <laughs> um, so uh, when, quote, when they abduct us and take our sperm and eggs, they may be bringing them back to the future to help save our own dying race. We could be dying of a disease or some man-made virus or weapon gone wrong. And the only way to save the human race is to bring back healthy DNA from before when whatever happened to us. It's still a theory and most evidence points to extraterrestrials but we're not about to rule anything out until the truth is known. End quote. No. Um, we must not be afraid of it to speculate. <clears throat> now it seems, yeah. So from stories like they, they mentioned Barty and Betty Hill, but I don't think they describe the aliens they encountered exactly like grays. I mean, maybe these different varieties of grays hmm. were actually um, like maybe the Bellatrix ones, Bellatrax ones. They, uh, yeah, we got to do a Benny and Barney Hill one. Yeah. I remember when I first um, read about them, uh, I think I saw an article, uh, and it said, Betty and Barney Hill, the interracial couple. Right, <laughs> right. No, we, we mentioned this in the Travis Walton one, too, yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're a cl- they kind of started all this thing, too, huh? I mean, they with were... The, the, with the abduction stuff? Yeah, yeah that was and they the had a book about it. I think it was a big... I remember during the Allagash abduction research, he said like, yeah, I'd read that Barney, Betty and Barney Hill book, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think the book now I'm just, I don't really know cause I haven't done the research, but, uh, I think the book came out, came out after the incident, like quite a while after. So it would have been bigger in like the sixties or so. Well, it would, I'm something. pretty sure it didn't come out before the incident, but <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I hope not. Then it kind of ruins the credibility there. Um, Okay, so so one last source that I wanted to go into here that goes into uh, 
some more analysis on uh, on the grays is the um, uh, what is it called here? The uh, Burlington UFO Center. And this one. Not the Burlington Coat Factory. <laughs> no, no. I wanted to make a crack about that myself. Um, Beat you to it. This is one of those older websites where the background's like bright gray and it's got white text on it. <laughs> so you have to like highlight it to read it. It was made when AOL and Prodigy were the, <laughs> were the yeah. two uh, internet service providers. Yeah, I think a lot of... The more information there is, it seems like the more, uh, the older it seems. Like that one I just read from the, uh, I don't want to misname it, but you know, I think that was a pretty old, an older site too, you know? Yeah. Um, so this one says, have, uh, have you become confused? Quote, have you become confused over the various descriptions of aliens yet? Yeah. There may be a reason for that. We've been making a mistake in trying to stereotype the various races of aliens. Just as in humans, these aliens have various descriptions of their color. Well, it says physic, but uh, physique and personality. There's a race that does have only one variant, but the grays are not one of them. Grays can be found from one foot to even seven foot. One foot? Which I like, because I'd like to see a one foot tall gray. <laughs> foot tall gray. <laughs> um, some have mushroom white skin, others with brown and even others with black skin. There are grays whose large eyes have a thin membrane, which can extend across the eyes. Grays with wispy, fine, small amounts of hair on their heads. Grays with four fingers, others with three or four fingers and another finger position where the human thumb would be. And there are even those whose finger end with suction cup like tips. There's been reports of the aliens having a large process of folds along the back of their heads a series of deep creases or crevices along the top of their head sloping down forward towards the front and with a strongly pronounced brow ridge above the eyes hmm. um, they're believed to be actually 12 different variants of this one race possibly like humans the variants are based on their evolution in different climactic zones on their planet uh Another possibility is that the grays have left their genotype through the crossbreeding of other alien cultures throughout the various star systems on some planet. We are just in the process now of filtering information on this species. Anyone that does have the answers is not going to give it out to the public, so we must for now rely on our own ingenuity for seeking truth. Um... Below, I have tried to sort out some of the information I have come across. The Greys. It seems that they are trying to save their dying race by using mankind through absorption. Instead of destroying mankind, they inbreed their kind into ours. Thus, through generations of inbreeding, they become us, and we them. To reproduce, the Greys must obtain host females, containers, since utilizing the native population of human uh, humans currently carries little risk of inter interdiction. Uh, with no requirements for maintaining the host, this method is preferred. Specialized grays, taller and slender, developed specifically to work in genetic engineering labs, 
oversee these operations as well as the effort to crossbreed their race with humans in an effort to overcome their built-in limitations. Okay, this is sounding like fan fiction right now. (laughs) 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 Uh, Something else just occurred to me, like if... if (laughs) They're like a weak version of the Borg, basically. It sounds like they're kind of they're just they just go around assimilating other 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 planet other like sentient life on other planets. I guess so. That seems to be an overriding theme in a lot of UFO lore. Like they're controlling, they're pulling the strings on our society, uh, either in a benevolent or a malevolent way. Okay. Well, mostly malevolent. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but eventually, uh, but then the the benevolent ones are watching in secret, making sure that we're okay or something. Well, I'm glad to hear <laughs> that there are benevolent overlords out there somewhere. Now, these these ones have some more information on Bellatrax Grays, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, let me finish on just the regular Grays here. Please. Since you seem fascinated. Please. <laughs> um, quote, uh, females are taken, the DNA evaluated, and if acceptable, the female is tagged for future recovery. Males are also evaluated and if found suitable may be used to impregnate current stock of host females in order to assure the transfer of desirable traits to future host females. Other activities involve evaluating the nervous and other systems and tissues in order to optimize the ongoing development of the crossbreeds capacities. Again, though, that I think that kind of comes from the Kathy book. I can't remember what it's, what it's called. Intruders. Intruders. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So Bellatrax Grays, possibly where the the folklore of the little people come from, being that this variation of Grays stand only one to one and a half feet tall, shorter than. <laughs> uh, that would be so funny to see a little tiny gray. Um, shorter than the type B gray Zeta Reticuli. This fellows are shorter, much like dwarfs, more indirect, but sometimes known to be vicious towards humans. Vicious towards humans? Yes. As in like they attack us? Well, that's my understanding of vicious, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I'm just trying to understand like a mob of vicious, of vicious greys attacking someone. But then sometimes, or they're more indirect usually, but sometimes they'll be vicious. Um, Both Bellatrax grays and the Zeta reticuli are related genetically from the same root race and look very much alike except for their size. In medieval times, they may have been what the Christians thought of as demons. These medieval aliens were both then reptoid and the gray who now make their homes underground and are known as the Daros here like here Underground? Uh, i would assume so well daros are the demented forms of however of the zeta grays that doesn't make any sense but daros are the demented forms of however of the zeta grays living underground to avoid the direct sunlight of the surface these entities may also have been the ones we think of as the little people, sometimes as gnomes, leprechauns, and trolls. 
Legend has it that they lived in dragon holes. I was going to just say this sounds a lot like Tolkien. <laughs> living underground and then like becoming another race of, after living underground. Like, well, dragon. Go, like Gollum style. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, he, was a, he was a river folk and then, you know, he became twisted by the ring. And anyway, we'll go there. Well, I think it makes sense that things would lose their pigment if they went underground or maybe if they grew up on a on the moon of Saturn or whatever, you know, away from the sunlight. Well, I don't Well, I don't I don't think that anything we must not be afraid to speculate. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean Fair to Fair enough. You. No. <laughs> okay. Um you don't think what? Um, okay so yeah legend has that they lived in dragon holes which were shafts leading into the floor or into the inner earth and from there into a great tunnel system although ireland holds the tales of the leprechauns these little people can be found in almost all folklore around the world the native american indians tell of a time when the giants appeared on the earth little people went into inner worlds of mother earth far out So, Zeta Reticuli. This is the type most commonly referred to as the Greys, also known as Zeta Reticuli from the Zeta Reticulin star system, the Bernard star, neighboring the Orion area. They function in a mode that is apparently military in nature with a rigidly defined social structure that holds science and conquering worlds to be the prime movers. Uh, they are normally between three and a half to four feet tall with large heads and black wraparound eyes. They have limited facial features, slit mouth, and no nose to speak of. They have evolved beyond the need for reproductive systems or digestive systems and reproduce by cloning. These cloning techniques have been given to our government in, ex- in exchange for quote-unquote favors. <laughs> Their genetics are... Gen- are uh, I don't even want to know what kind of favors. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to know what kind of favors. Adult favors. Um, their genetics are partly based on insectoidal gene genetics, close relative to the insect family. Um, well, I think from what I've heard about that is that they were allowed to abduct people without repercussions. But again, you, you brought up the point earlier of why would they need to negotiate to do that since they can fly circles they're around far our far superior to us. If they exist, they're far superior to us technologically. There's nothing we could do to stop them. The, uh, the Zetas are the ones involved in the cattle mutilations. Oh yeah. I found this interesting. So they, they absorb certain substances from parts of the cattle that stabilize them during the cloning process. This, this can be placed under the tongue to give substance and stability for some time. It is a substance that comes from the certain mucous membrane, i.e. lips, nose, genitals, rectum, and certain organs. These glandular substances serve as nutrients in lieu of eating. Resting the substances <laughs> I can't talk anymore. Resting the substances under the tongue is not the only way they get nutrition. If you remember, cattle mutilations generally result in blood being drained from the body. So they're e- eating cow butts. No, they're putting them under their tongues. <laughs> they're absorbing cow butts. They have slit mouths, but they're shoving cow rectums under their tongues. Okay. This, this, uh... It's not that hard to follow, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a devil of a time doing it. <laughs> um... 
mucus. So they get cow mucus from various parts of their body. And I want to know where, rub it under their tongue. Yeah, like, where do uh, they where do they find it? Because they're so, so specific about putting it under the tongue too. I don't know, man. <laughs> is this know. is this still the Windows ninety five website? Yeah, or no, probably yeah. Okay. Um, the Zetas have in their bases canisters and vats in which animal and human organs float along with a purple liquid to hold these parts in suspension. They swim in the mixture, thus absorbing the nutrients through their skin. Elimination of waste is through their skin, just as uh, plants eliminate through their skin of other shells. Or, um, I'm sorry, just as plants, I think they meant, eliminate through their skin or outer shells. The Zetas have also been referred to as the little green men, which they turn a shade of if they have not received sufficient food. Where they're, When they're in this stage, they become very vicious. So they get hangry. Yeah. Um, their science deals largely with the study of other life forms and genetic engineering. They have been supposedly had a part... I'm sorry, they have supposedly had a part to play in the alteration of human genetics over thousands of years. It seems that they may be trying to crossbreed with humans in order to create a mixture race that would be better than either. I bring that they are a dying species that have cloned so much that now, with each successive cloning, the species grows weaker. They are trying to infuse new life into their species by creating the mixed breed. Hmm. Reminds me of the movie Taken. Um, this is sounding like a, a teenager's like BS science fair experiment <laughs> like, saying like, uh, Hey guys, I did a lot of research on aliens and this is what I found. I, I, where are they getting this from? Yeah. Like, I wish they would kind of get there. It would be more interesting if you knew their sources, I, I would say that's hey. what I've been trying to do with my research so far. But, um, I just want to know who's saying this. It sounds like a teenager. <laughs> Well, no, no offense. I but. can show you a picture of her actually. Um, cause I went to the original website and, uh, yeah, it's got a picture of the, the woman, miss, uh, Burlington, but, uh, well, hang in there. There's just a little bit left here. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I do think, yeah, everyone seems fixated on these, uh, these grays have being into cloning. Like that's the big thing. You yeah. Know? And it, I don't, which understand. makes sense. Cause a lot of the stories are like taking samples and taking cells off creatures. Right. But I, I would, I would see how, how that would be beneficial just for their own personal knowledge to know how other biological forms, uh, reproduce, I guess if there's a super different, but it seems like if they had gotten by on cloning for a really long time, they would have perfected it or they would have, um, well, it sounds the, like they did with, with uh, Kathy's kid, you know. Well, that was like a hybrid type thing. That wasn't really a clone. Oh, true. I don't think. true. Uh, but if they if they're just going around, if if they've survived by cloning themselves for so long, um, I don't know. Maybe I have an inferior understanding of cloning, but it seems like. Well, then they would need to crossbreed in order to evolve. I mean. Well, who says they need to evolve? That's the way of the world, man. <laughs> <laughs> I guess nobody does. Um. So there, there seem to be two main social classes. This is back to the article. One is the more hawkish and is more abrupt, 
crude and blunt. The more dove-like ones are more refined and capable of a business-like behavior towards humans and prefer to use more diplomatic behavior to gain control over humans. So the hawkish ones are super crass and like stumble in there and start calling you names and everything? Right. Great. Uh, This type of gray is what I believe is being referred to as the orange class of grays. Not the hostile ones, but the other guys. The dove ones. The diplomatic, yeah, dove-like ones. Um, They apparently can use certain substances of the human body for their sustenance and therefore appear to be carnivorous in regards to humans. I also read that they extract fluid from some part of the human brain during intense emotional response, fear, and are able to use it like a recreational drug. Adrenaline? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, yeah. Um, These greys have their best known bases in New Mexico and Nevada, but are also known to have bases in many countries around the world. And so the, the well-known ones are in New Mexico and Nevada. Yeah, the Zeta Reticulans. It's well-known. Well, that's, that's their best-known bases. Okay. Are in New Mexico and Nevada. Which... Like in a strip mall somewhere or like underground or what? No, I'm thinking... I'm, where's uh, Dulce? Is that New Mexico? Dulce base. I I don't know. That's a big part of UFO lore too. Have you ever heard about that? How there's like layers and it keeps going down and there's different races working down there with the U.S. government and stuff. No? Okay. Which is funny because that's where Richard Doty was, I believe. Maybe that's why it does ring a bell. So I don't know how much of that is directly from Doty himself, but uh, yeah, that's definitely a thing which will... We'll probably have to get into, but um, up till now, I've been kind of staying away from this fan fiction-y seeming kind of stuff, um, but it is part of the lore, so maybe it's worth exploring. Sure. <laughs> he rolled his eyes when he said that. <laughs> All right, so the last type is a gray type C. They're tall, big-nosed grays from the Orion. Whoa. Or from Orion. Big, no- big nose? This is the first time I've ever heard of an alien described as having a big nose. Right. Maybe these are the guys uh, like um, in that video that I can't think of the name right now. The uh, <clears throat> the videos we watched. Well, they didn't have big noses. They had like little noses, little petite noses. The Ivan ones? Ivan, yeah. yeah. Oh. I kept wanting to call him Owen. Oh. Um, so usually about seven to eight feet tall with facial features somewhat similar to a gray type A and B with the exception of the large nose. These greys also have technologies that allow them to perform certain actions that appear miraculous. These greys are less vicious towards humans than type A and B greys, but are still considered hostile. They uh, tend to influence more through political controls and uh, negotiated agreements with those in power. They give the impression they are benevolent towards humans, but are heavily involved in genetic engineering. Their main bases seem to be in the Aleutian Islands. <laughs> These are the types seen not long ago in eastern Russia. Maybe they are talking to the about Ivan. Well, they're heavily involved in genetic engineering, dude. Like, they don't just dabble in it. They're, like, really, really into this stuff. It looks like all of these types are, honestly. Um, so, anyway, that's end quote. That's the end of that article. Um, so, what did we learn today? We learned that there are some people out there who believe some serious stuff. Uh, it sounds like they believe, whoever wrote this, Burlington, uh, is, believes that 
very much. It would be it would be cool if they listed the books, like the sources and stuff, you know. But I, yeah, I could this say is, that till the cows come home. And it's not no, gonna this happen. Is kook, so. This is kook central, man. <laughs> well, it sounds like she's been reading a lot, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I just wish. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I could go on and on with this these grace, you know. Um, extraordinary if, claims require extraordinary evidence. Uh, if you check the link in the show notes, you can read much more for yourself on uh, bibliothecapalades.net. There's hours of material available there. Um, <laughs> honestly, I just clicked one that was like the grays, and I was like, I mean, there's... This is... Dude, I got to say, this is fun, man. I'm having fun like going down this rabbit hole with you. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily believe uh, uh, 99.9% of it, but... Um, it's neat to kind of like see um see what's out there and this this to me seems like some real fringe uh ufo type stuff but i don't know if it's fringe but yeah i mean i think ufo in general is kind of can get fringe yeah this seems like fringe of fringe man um because a lot of stuff like mufon at least uh from what i can tell is they focus on just specifically UFO sightings. That's why there's only a couple paragraphs with about some actual, evidence. Yeah, or exactly. At least and credible witnesses, right? Like the National right. Guard. They or don't. Whatever. They don't go into this like proclaiming about there being multiple races uh, that are some are you know highly involved in genetic engineering and some are diplomatic and other ones are brusque and other ones are one foot tall. Uh, right. So this is um, yeah. This is this is this is about as fringy as I've I've been in the UFO world anyway. The, um, so yeah, on this, this Bibliotheca Pilates, I think I mentioned it before when, uh, when we were talking about Ivan, um, you know, there was the whole theory about, uh, meeting with the president and everything like that. And the, uh, the, the, uh, the words are escaping me now, but, um, and the secret religious alien group and everything. Um, so, like I said, I list. I took an article called "The Grays," and I thought it was kind of interesting. There it might be interesting to go over with you and kind of analyze the different types of grays and stuff. Um, but here's some of the ones I passed over. There's a an alien harvest, evidence of gray origins, and reasons for human abduction, uh, biomechanical messiahs, channeling the grays, Eisenhower's meetings with extraterrestrials are only the tip of the iceberg, ET civilizations, Germain through. Jermaine through Lysa Royal. <laughs> uh, okay. Grays and reptilians may be interdimensional. Grays, the race of grays called the DOW. Gray aliens and the harvesting of souls. Gray aliens collective mind. Grays. So anyway. Well, the soul harvest sounds, sounds pretty fascinating. U.S. But. military is liaising with extraterrestrial life according to independent sources. Yeah, so hours and hours you could go through here if you'd like to. So uh, click those links if you if you're interested in that, cats. Um. So anyway, that that covers only the first three of the species listed by Mufon, and uh, even like I said, Mufon's list doesn't cover all the species that I've come across during my research. So uh, this is going to be continued here. We'll we'll keep diving in here. Thank you for listening, guys, and please keep sliding in our dms yeah let us know if you like these kinds of these kind of ones where i mean usually i I try to find 
make sure that they're pretty credible or I know where the information's coming from at least, you know, besides just a website where someone someone wrote something down. <laughs> but uh Right. But it's I think it's fun to uh just just see what's out there. Yeah. You know? And let's, this is definitely out there. <laughs> let's see what's out there. Yeah. All right. Well, good night, guys. Love ya. Mwah.